There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like Matt Pajeski's got a real attitude problem. He's producing Sports Open Line tonight. I'm Chris Ranji, and Matt does not have a problem. He's he's a very good man. How you doing, Matt? You good? <laughs> That's it? I'm okay. good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, it's good to hear you. It's good to see you. It's uh, good to know you're you're okay. Uh, final hour of the show tonight. By the way, Wheels is out, in case you didn't know. So I'm standing in or sitting in his place at the moment. Uh, we do have a phone number that you can call, and that number is 314-436-7900. 800-925-1120 is the other option if you want to join us that way. We'll get to a caller in a moment, but we talked to Paul. Um, uh, cousin of Kevin Colleen. Hello. And uh, he was talking a little bit about Steven Matz and, and looking ahead to what the Cardinals have, uh, moving forward. And, and I know the last time I was on with Wheeler and he asked the question, if the Cardinals could get anything, what would you want it to be? Like if there was one thing during the off season they could do. And my response was, are we talking realistically or like, sort of pipe dream ish and pipe dream was Carlos Correa. That was, that was my pipe dream, which obviously that is not going to happen. And then secondary to that. So something that's probably not going to happen, but I guess it could happen if you really wanted it to happen was to pick up another starter. And it's, I don't know if it's actually necessary for them to do it. They should be healthier uh, going into this season whenever it starts but the reality is you can you, you don't always know about everybody. You don't really know about Jack Flaherty and and how he's going to be able to withstand an entire season. And again, I guess we kind of have to keep in mind that there may not be an entire season. We might be looking at a a shortened season. So however long he can go, it it may not matter because we're probably not going to be looking at 162 games unless something dramatic happens here in the next few days. And, and my opinion of the lockout is, and again, it's, it's all conjecture. We don't really know. We can get bits and pieces of information every day as the two sides continue to meet in Florida. But if, if they're not close today, and every single meeting, they're talking about incremental advances, but both sides always walk away underwhelmed every single time. This is this is if you've been paying attention every day. And to be honest with you, I don't blame you if you are not, because it's almost it's it's headache inducing to be paying attention to this stuff every single day because it just there's no movement and you're thinking you want baseball and it's not happening and it doesn't look like we're getting close to it. And so if you're paying attention every day, it, it just feels like, what are we doing here? Right? So I don't blame you if you haven't been paying attention. But if you have, you will realize that there just there certainly isn't movement on the major stuff. And it is the major stuff that is going to decide this. So if they don't have it figured out by today 
or are relatively close by today, why would I think they're going to be close to anything on Monday? Why would I think they'd lock this down anytime next week? There's no reason to think that's going to happen. The only reason, the, the only thing that makes you think that is if you have optimism generally and you just think, well, it's going to work out. We'll be okay. I mean, maybe, maybe a miracle can happen. Maybe one of the sides just says, ah, to hell with it. Let's just, let's just have baseball. I don't care anymore. But there's no indication the union is going to do that. And there is certainly no indication that the league is going to back down. In fact, I do believe the league went into this entire process starting in early December with the idea that, and, and Ryan Fagan, who we talked to last hour, kind of reiterated this, that they probably wanted one of a couple of things. They either wanted the players to completely cave in to everything they wanted, or they were totally prepared to cancel games and and maybe get some cracks in the union as the lockout continues and have some players, you know, once we get to like April and May, start to think, you know, I don't know if I'm on board with this lockout. I mean, the players are firm together on this right now. It's not March yet, but what happens when we get closer to April? What happens when we get to May? You start to see some of those players who are, you know, early to mid 30s who still have some life in them, baseball life, and are looking for a contract, starting to think, hey, you know, I'm running out of years that I can play this game. I, I need to get back out there. Like, do you start to have players like that who are willing to go against the union or put some pressure on the union? I mean, that could very well happen. And I would bet you then Major League Baseball is kind of counting on that to happen. And certainly, they are hoping that will happen. Let's get to a phone call. Terry is in Washington, Missouri, is with us on KMOX. Hi, Terry. Hi. Um, the guy I'd like to see the Cardinals get is Kyle Schwarber. Put him at DH, big left-handed bat. Put him in the middle of uh, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and O'Neal. And that's... That big bat, you put that big land. It's a le- the reason is he's a left-handed bat. You get yeah. I mean, you've balance, already got good you'd point. You balance yeah, out the lineup, yeah. and you'd have that big power hitting bat. And I think their lineup would be as good as any in baseball. If they added him. If they did, Terry, they've got two switch hitters, and he would he would essentially make up their third lefty in a lineup. And they, I mean, they're just they're very right-handed heavy otherwise. So. I mean, generally speaking, I don't care that much about lefty-righty stuff. If you can hit, you can hit, and I want you in the lineup. But having a little bit of balance is never a bad thing. Okay, um, the reason I'm calling, though, is I'm hoping somebody from the Cardinal office is is listening. Um, maybe they can give me an explanation of why there is not a statue of Bruce Suter at the ballpark. He was here four years. He won three of the four. He won the Rolaids Relief Award, Fireman of the Year Award. He broke the single-season save record while he was at Cardinal. Now, keep in mind, when he got those 45 saves, he didn't throw 70 innings, Ron. He threw 124 innings that year. You know, I think a lot of people lose focus of the fact that, you know, relievers used to throw a lot more innings. Suter and Quisenberry broke the single-season save record in 83 and 84. 
Quisenberry threw 129 innings. Suter threw 124 innings. Every reliever that broke that record did it throwing like 70 innings. Nobody has ever come close to that record throwing that many innings. Well, it's probably, my guess is it's the years thing. Now, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, all of the Cardinals statues. And we're just talking about statues here, right? Because right. He's, he's in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Can I say one other thing? Like, go, go right ahead. Um, oh, I just forgot what I was going to say now. All right, uh, go so ahead. did I. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my guess is it's about the years, and he certainly he was important early '80s for them, and you know helping them win a World Series. I don't know if that in itself is enough to get you a statue. I mean, he's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, so he has been honored. He has been recognized by them. I'm just not sure that that if you go through and look at all of the statues that are there, and so what we, we've got Stan. Bob, um, Lou, who else am I missing? I know there are a lot more than that, right? Oh, yeah, Enos. Like, he's in there, too. Dizzy. Um, I, 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 don't, I think you probably would have had to have had a longer Cardinals career in order to get that honor, right? Yeah, Unless that, I'm, that, that part I can understand. Maybe he wasn't Ozzie? here. But... I forgot about Ozzy. What am I talking yeah. about? Dude, Ozzy. You know, I mean, the, all these guys we're talking about were Cardinals for a considerable amount of time. I that's probably it. And okay. for me, I think it's a I mean it's a perfectly fine honor and it's really better than that to, to to just have the red jacket. So, I think they have honored him appropriately. Yeah. Um I'm just saying, you know, two times he was runner up for a Cy Young award too. Uh, he was with the Cardinals as a reliever. Sure. I can't remember any relief pitcher ever winning a Cy Young award and two times being runner up for the Cy Young as as well. Terry, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for checking okay, in tonight. Thank you. All right, good to hear from you. Um, yeah, I, I think the the Cardinals have have certainly given him plenty of recognition. I mean, he spent more time with the Cubs than he he did here. So I don't. Good career, really, really good career. Clearly, that's that's not in dispute. You don't get into the Cardinals Hall of Fame unless you've had a really, really good career. You just don't. So he's been honored, I think, sufficiently so far. A statue's like a total, a statue's like this is a, a Cardinals god. And all the people that I mentioned, I, I forgot Red, Red Shandings, he's got a statue too. Like we're talking about Cardinals absolute legends. Not that Bruce is not somebody to remember, but I wouldn't put him in the same category with 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 Ozzy and Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and and Red and and all of those guys. You are listening to Sports Open Line, Jay Jaffe with Fangraph. Still he'll talk some baseball and some lockout with us uh, later on in this hour. I've still got some sound from Trevor May, who is a current Mets pitcher that I want you to hear because a couple of days ago he was on a podcast, a a Mets podcast in fact, and he was very open about how he feels and to me it's an indication of where the players are on this mentally. And it really does sound like they are all together, at least as of right now, on February 24th. Does that change anytime soon? That I can't tell you, but for right now, they all seem to be solidified. I'm Chris Ranji, and for Wheeler on Sports Open Line on KMOX. 
Jay Jaffe from from Fangraphs coming up in a bit on Sports Open Line. I'm Chris Ranji. Good evening to you uh, until 8 o'clock. And then uh, let's see. What's on after us? I guess. I I don't know. Matt, you got to tell me. At your service. Of course it's at your service. I've been on that show. I should know what's after this at 8 o'clock. Come on, Ranj. Get it together. I mentioned Trevor May. And he was on a, it's called the Metzed Up podcast. And he was there earlier in the week talking about all of this. And, and really, it's still timely because what, what's happened? It's not like anything has, has really uh, materialized in the last few days, getting us closer to a resolution on the collective bargaining agreement discussions, if you want to call them that. Um, but I thought he was insightful in a couple of areas. And first of all, Here's what he wants out of this entire thing. We would like a little bit of hu- like the human side of things like, hey, just like a scooch of like, hey, we're still ta- we're taking care of you because we should take care of you because you're our employees, not because you're forcing us to take care of you. Like that's yeah. I'm not feeling that that respect because of we we play a game and I, I, I play a kids game for a living. I throw a bit like this. It's, it's so silly. It's silly. It's weird if you think about it. But at the same time, it's like, I also do something that the people who pay me cannot do. They can't. You can't do what I do. Um, and, and, and I don't know if I could do what they did if given enough time. I don't know. But I know for certain they can't do what I do. So that's, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a certain like, thing there that exists. And when, when that doesn't feel like it's being respected um, in terms of like listening, not even like give me what I want. It's more like I feel, we feel like we're not even being listened to. And that's... That gets very frustrating. I think that's when we're seeing a lot of uh, 15 minute meetings just because you walk in, you say, so, Hey guys, we weren't even going to counter because you haven't moved at all, but we're going to counter. And then they just say the same thing to you again. Like imagine your friend or something that just, you kept saying something to them and they just refused to acknowledge what you said. That would get very, very frustrating very, very quickly. Now he's not wrong about that. And this was a few days ago before they were actually sitting down together in a room and exchanging ideas, I guess, and then uh, breaking to go to their caucuses and talk and then come back and talk some more. This was when it was a 15-minute meeting of, here is our proposal, Uh, look it over, we'll be back and talk in a few days. Okay, But nothing really has changed except for them being in the room and talking a little bit more. But when I hear this, I realize that Trevor May, pitcher for the Mets, is probably correct. This is from Michael Silverman, who works for the Boston Globe. And he is a a business, he's a sports business reporter for the Globe. And here's what he tweets. Players upset with how far apart sides remain, adding that Major League Baseball negotiators told Union they have run out of ideas and that owners are upset with the players. Players made two moves toward owners on draft order and service time manipulation. The talks will resume on Friday. Now, to hear the owners say that they are all out of ideas, to me is is borderline outrageous because they haven't really done anything yet. They've made no significant movement. And by the way, if they were to today just say, okay, Players, you get everything you want, everything you ask for. We don't want anything in return. The owners are still coming out ahead. 
Seriously, they're still coming out ahead. The league is still coming out ahead. Nothing the players have asked for or the thresholds that they are looking at are unreasonable. Nothing is unreasonable. The competitive balance tax that they are asking for, what they really want is something closer to 275 or you know $280 million in that range for the CBT, but they've already dropped that like $50 million to 245. The league has said, we'll go from 210 to 214. That's four million bucks. That's nothing. That's a reliever. That's a that's a reliever. A reliever on the open market who's okay. That's a reliever salary. That really isn't movement. There's a a Simpsons meme that has been going around a lot. And it's it's a guy who stands up and he says, We've uh come up with nothing or we've 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 offered nothing and we're all out of ideas. Something like that. I probably botched it, but you know what I'm talking about. And that's what it feels like Major League Baseball has done. It's like you're sitting on the couch and your partner in the kitchen says, hey, can you come help me with this? And you put a foot on the ground and you sit up and you go, well, I tried to make it in there. Can't do it but you never actually got off the couch. You haven't really even taken any movement. You've pretended like you're sort of moving in their direction, but you're really not. And then you're hoping that people think the players are at fault for nothing significant happening. That's that's what's going on here. And I do think owners are totally willing. The league is totally willing. Rob Manfred wants this to drag out. And I think he wants there to be games missed. Not that it's ideal to have games missed, but in doing so, it might start to put more pressure on the union in his mind. He thinks that's what is going to happen. It'll put pressure on the union, and then they'll just say, okay, okay, we need to have baseball. Some of us can't miss out on paychecks. We'll, We'll play. That's what he's hoping is going to happen, and I don't think they're going to do that. I suppose that if a couple of months go by, some of them start to get nervous, because before you say the line, the cliche that I've heard so much, and I wish you'd stop saying it, please don't say this ever again, that this is all millionaires versus billionaires. I mean, it's not really. Because more than half of the league, not millionaires, more than half of the guys who play are not going to become millionaires because they don't spend that much time in the league. We're talking about 1,200 players. Most of them are in and out, off of rosters, called up, sent down, released, designated for assignment, whatever. And they don't become Max Scherzer or Fernando Tatis or Bryce Harper. They don't get those contracts. So it's you, you have to stop thinking of it in terms of the very top, top of the players and the contracts, the 13-year deals they get offered. And by the way, those 13-year deals, a lot of times are going to work out just fine for the teams. They're really not going to be crippling, even though they like to say it will cripple them if it doesn't work out. Because if it does work out, they're probably going to make that money back in half the time the contract lasts. So 
Forget about all that stuff. But that's what we're talking about here. We are talking about mostly players who do not get to millionaire or multimillionaire status. So the, the, that really is not the argument that isn't the fight. As I mentioned, Jay Jaffe is going to join us before the show is over, and we'll still take your calls if we have some time. I think we might. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I'm Ron G. In for Wheeler. You're listening to KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hey, you want to see a movie with Tom Brady in it? No, not really. Um, actually, this might be okay. It's got a pretty good cast. Mm, I don't know, maybe. So Tom Brady has a production company, and he's going to appear in the movie and also help producing it. It's called 80 for Brady. Lily Tomlin, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, Jane Fonda. All of them are in this movie, it's about uh, four best friends and New England Patriots fans who take a life-changing trip to the Super Bowl to see their hero, Tom Brady. You uh, Are you into it? Look, um, I'm imagining that if you saw the Kurt Warner movie, you're probably good. You probably think, okay, that's enough. I, I don't need to... I mean, that's how I feel, and I shouldn't project onto you my feelings but that's kind of how i feel you know i'm I'm good i don't need a tom brady movie i appreciate what he did and what he meant to football and it's a great career and it should be celebrated i don't need to see a movie although i like the cast i'm a huge sally field fan always really liked her um but yeah it's gonna happen i don't know when it's coming out it's a comedy Do you like funny stuff? If you like comedies, this is supposedly going to be hilarious. It hasn't been made yet, but it's going to be really, really funny. At least um, that's what I'm told. You're listening to Sports Open Line. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Uh, Jay Jaffe to join us in just a little bit. And uh, talking about where the players and the union are right now in terms of, of the Major League Baseball situation. It's not close, and today the union did make an offer, another proposal, counterproposal, whatever you want to call it, and the ideas they really touched on today have to do with service time manipulation, and that is one of the major problems. I mean, if you, like I said earlier, if you go back and look at everything the league is, or excuse me, the players are talking about, none of their demands are unreasonable. Here's what they want. They want teams to stop hanging on to major league ready players for an extra couple of weeks in the minors so they get an extra year of service time. They want teams to stop doing that. They want younger players to be able to cash in on their talents sooner instead of being pre-arbitration for three years before you get to the arbitration process. 
in which you're still not making as much money as you might make on the open market. And then by the time that's all over and your free agency happens after six years, you know, you're 31 years old and then they don't want to pay you anymore because you're too old for them. They want to stop all of that. So it's like, well, if the middle-aged guys aren't going to get paid when they're after 30 and the 24-year-old's not going to get paid, then when are they going to get paid? This is basically what the players are saying, and this is all, all super reasonable. So they, they have already backed down a little bit on the number of those super two pre-arbitration players they want to get to arbitration quicker, and they've backed down a little bit on the lottery. If you haven't heard, there is an idea that's something that's been tossed around before. You've probably already heard the idea in the last few years that instead of just being really bad at baseball and getting the number one pick overall, there's going to be a lottery. So you can't just stink and then stink on purpose and then stink on purpose for multiple years so you keep getting number one, number two picks or whatever. There's going to be a lottery. The players wanted an eight-team lottery, so the worst eight teams have to be in a lottery, and you don't get to pick one through eight, first worst team, number one, second worst team, number two, and so on, which is good. I love that idea. You should not be able to stink on purpose all the time, like Tampa Bay did, and they went a 10-year period where they were drafting top 10, you know, every year for 10 years and they got four number one picks over that time. Nah, forget that. You, you try to be good. You try to be better. That's not good enough. The players want it to be an eight team lottery. And quite frankly, I think it should be a 10 to 15 team lottery, but they're not going to get that. They're not going to get even close. They've backed down from eight teams to seven. The league is still at four and I don't think four is very good. It's better than nothing. But I still don't think it's it's going to accomplish what 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 it needs to accomplish. Because they really need to de-incentivize teams from being bad. Hello, Pittsburgh Pirates. Hello, Baltimore Orioles. For an extended period of time. When we come back, Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs is going to join us, and he will tell us how he feels about where we are here in the CBA negotiations as MLB and the union try to get some kind of season going. Well, at least I think one side's trying to get a season going. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about that with him next. I'm Chris Ranji and for Wheeler on KMOX. It is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Good evening. I'm Chris Ranji in for Kevin Wheeler for tonight. Tomorrow, uh, Slew Basketball will be on. And uh, before we say goodbye on the show today, we are joined by Jay Jaffe, who is a senior writer for Fangraphs. In the past, you've seen him at Baseball Prospectus and SI, and he joins us now on KMOX. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at J underscore Jaffe. Good evening, Jay. What's up? Hey, I'm good. How you doing? Oh, uh, well, I think I'm doing better than the negotiations are going. So <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I know you're, and, and you know what, if I was really, really sick right now, I would still be doing better than the negotiations are going. So that sounds about right. As you look at it from the outside, I mean, you cover baseball, but you know, 
you're like the rest of us not in the room. What are you seeing here? I mean, I'm seeing two sides that are pretty dug in, um, you know, and, and we haven't really seen the owners move very far from what they, you know, from what they were proposing in January. They went 10 weeks giving, you know, this, this lockout that was supposed to jumpstart negotiations and supposed to make things so urgent. They made one offer in 10 weeks uh, and they've made very little movement since then. Um, you know, they seem to be playing to get this to some kind of, you know, to, to, to declare an impasse so that they can, so that they can uh, uh, implement a system that they want. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. The owner, the players, you know, I think they, for them, they feel like they've got to make up a lot of ground because they've lost ground in the last couple collective bargaining agreements. And I don't know if they're going to get everything that they want. Um, but they are very firm on the collective, I mean, sorry, on the competitive balance tax. Uh, and they want a much higher um, minimum salary, and they want uh, you know more equitable pay for the for the players who are who are in their arbitration years, and that's a lot to ask for. Um, but uh, you know they're pretty firm on all those, and they don't think they don't feel that that baseball, that Major League Baseball is moving quickly enough uh, with their responses, and they're pretty determined that they're going to hold the line, uh, you know, until they get something that's uh, acceptable to them. Because the players are trying to finally gain some ground here, um, since they haven't in the last couple of agreements, does it is it still on them to maybe make some major concessions here? Or do you think they should just hold firm? Well, I mean, the major concession they're making is 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 the potential expansion of the playoffs to twelve teams. That's you know a huge huge amount of extra revenue that's going to go towards the owners, and the players will get some cut of that, but. I mean that's that's their biggest chip that and the, the advertising on uniforms, which is just you know a nightmare to contemplate. Um, but uh, you know they're, they you know if you look at the history, for example, of the competitive balance tax, there, there's been almost you know the growth has not kept up with inflation in terms of the thresholds. Um, the penalties that they're proposing for this one are getting even more punitive. Um, you know the the players quite rightly look at the last collective bargaining agreement, and they'd be about uh, the threshold should be about seventy five million dollars higher if it had kept pace with inflation. Um, you know over the last decade, and instead it has not. But revenues have continued to climb at a much faster rate, so the players feel like they need to make up that ground, and they're not seeing anything in the owner's offer uh, that acknowledges that. Visiting with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs here, and. Um, Looking at the situation from, you know, as many angles as possible, you're really trying to, you know, trying to figure out who's being fair or unfair here. But it really just feels like the the league has gone into this entire process totally prepared to miss a bunch of games. Do you think yeah, that's true? Well, and if, if, if true, how yeah, many do you think, think they're willing to go? Well, I mean, let's remember, this is a lockout. This did not have to happen. Um you know the the, uh, the the they could the two sides they could be they could be playing this season under uh, the last collective bargaining agreement until they until they reach agreement on a new one. This is the owner's decision to own this to, to make to, to lock the players out. They own this. Um, you know I they're you know they say that they're prepared to miss games. Uh, you know they're they're already they're already going to be you know as of uh, I believe Saturday is the date they they will be missing games. The uh, 
players don't get paid in spring training anyway. Um, the owners, however, you know, they expect to be generating revenue from the, from the uh, spring training sites um, with the exhibition games. So they are going to feel the pinch first uh, before the players do. And that, that asymmetry actually, I think, favors the players a little bit because they know they're not getting any money for spring training other than the, the, the I think, the meal money. Um, you know, but uh, obviously the owners have much deeper pockets than the individual players, so, you know, many of whom are uh, almost half the unions making some function of the minimum salary, which, uh, uh, you know, is why there's such a push to, to increase it. And so, you know, it, it's tough. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I question how much appetite the owners really have to miss games after losing out on uh, all attendance during the 2020 season uh, and having limitations on their attendance pretty much through the first half of last season. Um you know they've got more. They've got a new television contract this year. I mean, you know, I guess they're you know they're going to be missing out on 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 some of that money. I I really question how how much damage they intend to do to themselves here, despite the players, which is just what this whole thing feels like. Talking with Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs, and you know, a, a lot of the fight here is getting the younger payers played or paid quicker, <laughs> because it takes forever yeah. for most of them to get paid. And and the league really seems to be digging its heels in on that, even though they, it's not like crazy movement upward. The players are asking for. No, I mean they're they're you know I, I, my uh, my former baseball prospectus colleague Joe Sheehan says uh, has said this on Twitter. But you know if the if the uh, uh, if the owners were to accept the the the, the players' current asks, they would come out so far ahead relative to. You know, to, to you know, to things. I mean, the players. What the players are asking for is not an unreasonable amount. Um, you know, you're talking. I mean, to increase the minimum salary is is you know is a very small amount of of the total revenue. Um, to make some of the concessions that you're talking about, or you know, come come out to a few million dollars per team. Which look, hey, that's a lot of money to you and me. Back up the Brinks truck for three million dollars anytime to my house you want. Um, but you spread that out you know, over, over, over the, uh, the entire league and the entire roster, it's not a lot of money, um, you know, for the, for an $11 billion industry. So, you know, it's the, the owners are, are, are awash in revenue and, and, and they're crying poor here. Yeah. Before we say goodbye here, if, if maybe we could talk just a little bit of, of actual baseball, you, Looking ahead, the National League Central um, for this upcoming season, as you as you see it unfolding, um, what what do you think of the division? And you know, obviously, the off season product isn't done yet. Don't know what it's going to look yeah, like if the season starts. But what do you, what do you think of the division now? It's it's really tough to say because I, you know every every team right now just feels like it like it's unfinished and and and. You know, I think the the Cardinals, because they were you know a, a, a pretty solid team last year, uh, are you know are probably going to be you know, better better going into this uh, you know coming or sorry coming out of this better off than, than most teams. They've got a good they've got a good core, um, but you know every team needs needs some patching still, and it's just it's tough to really think too hard about it because you know we're stuck in we're stuck with early december rosters and i don't think any team feels like the roster is done in early december well where do you think correa does end up um you know that's, that's, that's a good question um i 
not New York. Uh, I think New York. I think the Yankees are probably uh, too skittish about uh, uh, that kind of expenditure when they've got a top prospect uh, waiting in the wings. I think they're going to go cheap with a, with a, uh, a stopgap there while they try to retain Aaron Judge, who can hit free agency next year. Um, you know, I think the Dodgers could could be legitimate players for him. Uh, beyond that, it, it, it's it's tough because. Uh, you know, I thought the Tigers would be players for him. I think there's still a good chance he goes back to Houston. Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs, we appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for jumping on the show, and, and hopefully next time we talk, it's going to be about actual baseball that's happening. I sure hope so, too. Thanks. All right, that's Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs again. You can follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. Uh, I'm Chris Ranji filling in for Kevin Wheeler tonight. I look, I I hope this does get done. I mean, it would take some sort of miracle in order for us to get to the point where on Monday there is an agreement. There's just no indication to me that either side here is going to break. It, it's almost like if they were going to break, it would have happened already. I don't think that's going to happen. And I know the deadline spurs action sort of thing is true a lot of times. I just don't think it's true here. Because neither side to me appears to be too worried about missing games off the top. Both sides here appear to me to be totally prepared to at least miss a little bit at the beginning of the season and hope that the other side does bend a little bit so they get what they are looking for or or closer to what they are looking for. I just don't believe we would have gotten to this point right now on February 24th with almost no movement if the union and the league were not already prepared to do just that. So this is going to be a really fascinating four days, but I think if we get past Monday and nothing is done, we're looking at a, a decent amount of time off. I don't think we're looking at like 155 games. I think it's going to be worse than that. And I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope they're not looking at this like, well, you know, we'll play 60 games and then have the playoffs and then feel good. That to me would be really, really unfortunate. I want to thank our guests, Ryan Fagan, Jay Jaffe, and Lou Korak, and the producer tonight, Matt Pajeski. At Your Service is coming up next. I'm Chris Ranji. Hey, thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX.